Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Welcome to the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift Radio production where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. And this evening, I am joined with my partner and co-creator, Josh. How are you? Oh, okay. (laughs) It seemed the only appropriate to just bring down the energy level. For no- I was, I was I'm like, doing great. I'm I was like good. frothing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, the only obvious response from me was, "I'm good. Yeah, right, cool. Yeah. That's good. That's good." Um, so welcome back. We are in episode three of concepting and building our large elder evil of yep. Esterok. Yep. Even though it's not the largest elderest evilist thing. It is right. It is actually lower on the tier of elderest evilest thing. But it's the thing you're most likely to. It's gonna maybe be one of the ones possibly you're, come exactly, across. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. If you're yeah. like, if you're like, I'm going to challenge the demigods. I'm going mm-hmm. to bring down the Congress, um, or something. Or you yeah, know. if you if you have designs on on the Congress of Divinities, mm-hmm. this is going to be the first guy. Yeah, and if you've got a yeah. big bad, campaign. and if you are, uh, you know, interfering with possibly. You know goals that the Congress of Divinity might have, whether you are directly threatening them or not. You may also meet this guy. This guy, which in our first episode we called Cole. Yep. Yeah. Cole. <clears throat> yeah. In our second episode we called it the Whispering Wrath, which is, which I don't hate. I, I don't hate that either. And then you had the idea, much which, like apparently the Cat Horse, <laughs> but it worked out better this way. It did work out better, smushing them together. So Whispering Wrath has become the Weirath. The Weirath. W. Or if we really want to be fancy, he could be Weirith the Whispering Wrath. See, now that was my only pause. Yeah. Because I was like, if we call him Weirith the Whispering Wrath, people are going to be like, that's just his legendary name. Yeah. <laughs> Weirith the well, Whispering Wrath. The Whispering Wrath. Wrath would be one of his sub names. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. Well, well I, I, want, do... I also want them all to have like, yeah, multiple it sounds like names. they called him Zeus, King of the Gods. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, it was just implied, or sometimes you could say King of the Gods. People know who you're talking about. Um, it came uh, about because you texted me this the name idea, and so I started playing with that. Yeah. And yeah, that idea of creating kind of like squished portamentos of um, words to create names. That is portamentao a squish? Portamentao, I don't, I don't believe, is a squish, but a portamentao is when you squish two words together. Oh, okay. So Do you know uh, five plus six is portamentao? <laughs> Again. The withering look. <laughs> the withering <laughs> Look, uh, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, five plus six is 13. So, <laughs> five plus six references are only within this monster creating. I know, right? Thing. I won't bring it up ever again <laughs> once we finish it. Uh, be too far back of a throwback. Um, so we went through and we created a bunch of different concepts for our, our elder evil. We came up with some background and some story, mm-hmm. and then in episode two, we started talking through some of the mechanics when I thought. It was going to be hard to stretch that out. It ended up not being very hard at all to stretch out the mechanical discussion. Mm -hmm. And we only got a portion of the way through Weirith here. So my guess is we'll be able to kind of talk through and figure out the rest of the mechanicals today Mm -hmm. and have a finished stat block. Oh, we were going to figure out um, magic use, right? Yeah, we were were talking about it and whether or not it's going to have magic to use. or if. So here's 
what I was thinking about mm-hmm. Matt. This is a great point. Yeah. This is a creature of wrath and anger and rage. Mm-hmm. So I looked at, naturally, the rage option from a barbarian or A5e. I think it's a berserker. Yeah. And all of them have the same thing. They say, if you are capable of spell casting, you cannot cast spells. Because the idea is you are too, you are not able to you can't, concentrate you're, you're, to the level. Right. And it also says you can't concentrate on any spells you might have already cast. If you are raging, you lose, you automatically drop concentration. Okay. So now that doesn't necessarily gel with some of our concepts. I'm sure we have of like sorcerers. Right. You know, I picture a sorcerer losing control and casting spells. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. wild magic. Sure. But evidently the rage aspect does cut your ability to cast spells in the player's handbook. So I don't know. We'll talk through kind of how I how I kind of like drafted this mm-hmm. and then see where that goes. But I don't know. Is your thought the same thing? Like uh, Well, you know, the trick is is that he's not a he's not a he's not a human. He's not an elf. He's not Right. And a, that's the other he, thing. He's 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 supposed a to be an abstract concept. He's supposed, you know, mm-hmm. given life. So he should be doing he shouldn't be limited to the limitations of a mortal, a mortal body and mm-hmm. mind, essentially. And you don't have to give any creature a ton of spellcasting. You can right. give it a couple of spells and say they can cast this many, this many times per right. day, etc. Or can you make it some kind of ability it essentially functions the same way, but maybe you flavor it differently? Funny you should say that because okay. I borrowed from like Dominate Person, um, Dominate right. Monster, when I was kind of tinkering with some of these ideas because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. So there's a whole... Story, we talked in our last episode, we said, wouldn't it be neat if it had the ability to do like a minor effect on you, but mm-hmm. then it could take that minor effect and amplify it. Right. And I mentioned the sea hag. So I looked at the sea hag again. Yeah. And the sea hag has the ability to do an, uh, they do an ability, there's a saving throw, and if you fail the saving throw, you're frightened of the sea hag. Yeah. And then she has a uh, ability to, I guess you, no, yeah, she... Um, has an ability to do a damaging attack, but if you are frightened, if you have the frightened condition, you drop to zero hit points. Okay, yeah, you did mention that, yeah. So it was really interesting. I'm going to see if I can find it really quick in here, but I probably can't quickly. Um, and I was thinking kind of in terms of that. So let's let's, let's look through. So on our half-finished stat block that we have in front of us, we have the Wirith, which is a large fiend demon, chaotic evil, uh, armor class of 19, which we kept, natural armor, Yep. Hit points right now around 240 because it does have a healing ability. Yeah. And so instead of the 300 or so it should have, it's right. dialed I remember it that down. too. We, we talked about it. Speed, 40 feet. I want it to be fast. Mm-hmm. And one of its things I want to give it is a bonus action that it can choose to uh, teleport around, but I haven't done it. Okay. It's going to, ha- I haven't done saving throws. We haven't done skills. Uh, we did damage resistances in our last episode. We said cold fire, lightning, and damage from non-magical weapons, and it's immune to poison in the poisoned condition. Mm-hmm. It's got true sight to 120 feet and passive perception of some number, which we haven't determined yet because we haven't set its stats. Okay. Languages are going to be <laughs> abyssal and telepathy up to 120 feet, and its challenge is 19. Now, the abilities, once those were set, that's fine. And then these were the the first or two of these abilities that I set, um, attributes, mm-hmm. are borrowed right from the SRD in general. And that's okay. legendary resistances. So it has legendary resistance. When Wirith fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead. Now, borrowing from Paul Hughes in the A5e Monstrous Menagerie style, I wanted to give her a physical a physical effect to that. Okay, yeah. So I describe it as having like swirling black tendrils around him mm-hmm. that he can use to attack at distance yeah. But we haven't set those attacks yet. Okay. Um, and then every so right now it says when it does so, one of its shadow tendrils dissolves into smoke. Once it has lost all three shadow tendrils, the reach on its attack reduces to five feet. Oh, okay. So it basically goes from being able to attack you from far away to only being able to attack you if it's right up close. That's just first round. Yeah. There was a couple of other things. I thought maybe it could lose its ability to teleport. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, none of the ones were too powerful when I looked at them. Right. So like an Aboleth. I looked at an Aboleth. Um, the legendary version of the Aboleth in the A5e, it has multiple eyes. It has true sight and all this other stuff. And its eyes go black. And um, and then once all three of its legendary resistance eyes have gone black, it becomes blind after its true sight. Okay. So it's it won't, it's not a huge effect, but basically it's a minor decrease. Okay. Dragons, it's an armor class change, things like that. Sure. So I just thought maybe reducing its reach would be a good. 
but I also thought maybe the teleport thing. I don't know. So that was its legendary resistance. It's hard because the the teleport thing sounds, it just seems like intrinsic to what it is Mm -hmm. at its core. So giving that up seems difficult. But uh, the idea would be that as you're burning through its legendary resistances, you're weakening it and making it easier to fight because you're bringing it down to your level. Yeah, that's true. Keep at it, you know, et cetera. I don't know. As of right now, that's not what it is. But I would. it'd be interesting once we get to the point where we can play test this. How far is the teleportation distance currently? I was going to, uh, well, I wasn't sure yet. And then we could reduce that. Because you could make it 60 feet. You could make it 30 feet. And if it, each... Especially if it's a, a, an at-will ability. Yeah. And, and then with we... each legendary resistance use drops that distance, it can go until it drops down. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Magic resistance, which is pretty standard for a lot of these things. Wurath has advantage on saving throws against spells and magical effects. All right. Um, The aura. So we talked about how a Balor has a fire aura and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you want to read the the Wrathful Aura? Any creature that starts its turn within 10 feet of Weirith must succeed on a DC 16 wisdom saving throw or fly into an uncontrollable rage until the end of their turn. The creature must then direct their attack against an ally of Weirith's choosing. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to direct their... And it's their attack <coughs> action. Mm-hmm. So ooh, they have to... I just bumped my foot. <laughs> And I'm not cutting it out. Right. Um, they have to... Uh, so that means if it's a barbarian right. with three attacks and they fail this, yeah, they then have to direct their attack at someone else, which might include moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I... So I tempered it by going, it only lasts until the end of their turn. Okay, yeah. But you, in order to get up close and hit this thing with an axe, you've got to get through its... you got to get through that. you got to get through the aura. Yeah. So that forces... I'm trying to think in terms of when designing this, how a party would overcome it, and it would have to overcome it by working together. Someone's going to have to give bardic inspiration or uh, boost right. the barbarian's wisdom saving throws or something mm-hmm. in order to do that. Right. Is there a way to remove the hex, I suppose? Well, that's why it says it only lasts until the end of their turn. Oh, the end of their turn. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. it's, it's, it's then, a so... one-round rage. Oh, okay. So not not the round, just the turn? Yes, so, just their so turn. hypothetically, okay. your barbarian uh, it starts its turn right up next to Wirith. Mm-hmm. They roll, they fail their saving throw. Yeah. So Wirith says, your friend, the he wizard wishes to betray you. Cut him down. Okay, so that's where the, DM, and then the GM gets to play. Exactly. And then the barbarian whirls on the wizard, charges at him, and then swings at Zax three times at the wizard. Mm-hmm. At the And he's like, all right, my turn's done. <laughs> he drops right out of the rage okay he goes what have i done oh that okay good and that's actually better too because there have been times where Tunfrog has been stuck yeah i don't want anyone to get time. stuck yeah and it's then a like... it's a one round but it, what it does is it makes it hard to get close to him mm-hmm. so you can the ideally so what i was thinking like strategically what a player would do they would stay back and then they sure. would charge forward during their turn attack <clears> and then charge and then back. yeah but Wirath also has a teleport ability yeah yeah you know yeah so I don't know. I'm picturing it cinematically in my head, and it's cool. That is, of course, until we play test it and everyone dies in the first two rounds. And I'm like, okay, maybe that we die was a bit that. much. Yeah. So that's the wrathful aura, which for right now I think is is kind of fun. We'll see. Yeah. No, it's cool. We haven't designed any attacks yet. The first attack is always really easy. It's multi attack, <laughs> right. and it will be where it makes this many kinds of its basic attack. So help me out here. I, I don't the tendrils. I don't know if I'm. So are you seeing these tendrils in your mind? Are these... Uh, okay, when I hear the word tendrils, yeah, I think... Uh, I always think smoky, solid, but incorporeal at the same time. I also toyed with the idea of them being literal limbs, like large limbs mm-hmm. that float around it in addition to its normal shape. And again, we still haven't even really tied down what this thing looks like because right. we think it could look different to different people. Right. So... Which again, as I said before, is great flavor-wise. Mechanically, it's hard to yeah, it's hard to kind of to push that, that down. Across. So I mean, you could call it a slam attack. Um, well, I was just thinking with the with the tendrils, is he allowed to choose? Because I, I'm feeling that it is this incorporeal, non-solid thing. Can he decide to make it bludgeoning, piercing, slashing? So it w- we would choose when we yeah. design it, so yeah. that it would do because it would do a mix of psychic damage and bludgeoning. Right. Okay, damage. that's right. I about that word. Yeah. Um, the, but I don't know if it's a tendril. I don't know if it's a giant arm. I don't know if it's a claw. Does he carry a weapon? I, um, 
a legendary weapon of some sort. Hmm. I don't know. So that's where I'm, I, that's where I'm, my, my brain sort of breaks down a little bit because it breaks down because I don't have a very clear, my virgin, like I said, my original vision of this was a tornado of arms. Right. And then it would just be slams with, you know, punches or clawing. Um, and, but if it's clawing, it's doing slashing. If it's punching, it's slamming. It's doing bludgeoning. If it's got a spear or something like that, it's doing piercing and psychic. So like it's everything is like the little bit of physical damage and then psychic damage is where it's it's gonna it's bread and butter is psychic damage. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So how big how how big are we? Large. Imagining? I put it so. as large. We could make it huge as well. And how does that how does that affect challenge rating or doesn't it? Is it, does it more not. of a flavor thing? Just okay. It doesn't affect at all actually. In fact, the bigger it is, the lower its AC is. Oh, okay. So if I imagine that this is a 15 foot tall tower of smoky limbs that are attacking me, mm-hmm. that's pretty scary. It's not a god. Right. It's an amalgamation of former gods and, and a sliver of them. Yeah. So I don't imagine it having to be a 50-foot tall. It's not the Raven Queen in that episode of Vox Machina. <laughs> right, where it's like... Where it's like... So, yeah, it's, so it's a massive thing. Well, I just wonder if it could carry some kind of blade, but you can kind of sometimes see it inside it because it has like a smoking thing and it can grab it out of itself, attack you, and then it's cool. Well, we could also say yeah, that it's... Visual flame. Maybe it's got Maybe it's got three smoky arms each holding a different kind of weapon. Okay. And one holds, one holds, one's a claw, one holds a, a, an axe or, you know, an axe, a spear, and a, and a sword. Mm-hmm. And they're all like smoky manifestations. Maybe we change it so it looks like a smoky, amorphous humanoid figure that you can never quite pinpoint what it looks like. And every time it comes out, it comes out with an attack. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's hunched over. Yeah. I imagine it hunt like, Hunched over because it's constantly also trying to hold itself together. That's what the idea yeah, is. This thing is always, always holding itself together. Yeah. So maybe that's why, like, it's constantly like a new head comes up and then it's a new shape. And yeah. Because its anger and its frustration is mm-hmm. bursting at the seams. Yeah. Um. But I mean, even so, say I'm, if I'm imagining it in like a a, a monster type manual or beast. Sure. Um. We could just draw one version of it and give GMs the idea of. This is what you kind of generally use as, you know, here's an example of what you could say could look just like this, but if you want it to look like a giant Hawkman or whatever, you can do that. You know, if if you have some flavor that will help your story or fit in with your story or fit in with what kind of chaos it's causing, then just do that. Right. Yeah. And then for its basic attacks, it's Mm -hmm. going to do some sort of smoky weapon plus psychic. So then maybe the tendrils for the legendary resistance are not the right thing. Maybe, you know, it's got something else but what is that other thing i don't know hmm. right yeah how much silence as we think it's always gonna tendrils. Have to cut out? yeah it's always <laughs> i don't know man tendrils i'm naturally like cool drawn thing. to tentacles tentacly trend tenderly things yeah um trying to think so it's this is anger and wrath and murderous intent mm-hmm. hmm. maybe there's three fires that can, glow within it's like it has three glowing red traditionally hearts. traditionally yes and I know that as you've had us go up against legendary creatures, it's a gem and the gem disappears. Sure. But what if when he activates his legendary resistance, is he able to claw into himself and create almost like a gash that wasn't there before? And instead of counting down, he's counting up to give him this bloodied visual. Do you know what I'm trying to say here? Instead of indicating it by he's running out of them, we're just showing that he's used all three because he, in frustration, almost, you know. Mm-hmm. What uh, mutilates himself a little bit? Well, you could, you could, you could easily describe it as a smoking, sl- ever shifting humanoid. Like you figure. hit him. I just like the idea of you hit him, and he's kind of like, ah, and you like, and he resists it. But now he's got like this cool looking, glowing, purpley. Mm-hmm. So he could literally, thing. you could have the legendary resistance be that as you hit it, he like reaches in to his own chest and, and like just crushes goes, one of his own hearts. Yeah, something just neat. I like, I like the idea of him being more pristine ish. But then, and that was air quoted, um, you know, being more pristine. And then because he's supposed to be this unhinged thing and just in his frustration that as he uses his abilities, his frustration manifesting some way instead of getting more, I don't know, I just like the idea of him digging into himself <laughs> and leaving like a purpley glowy gash. We totally can do that. That he like rends at his own figure. Yeah. And then at the end, when he uses all three, he loses the ability to look humanoid anymore. Yeah. And okay. then all of his his and he's just kind of like shooting off in all directions, exactly. still pulling back to a core. Like there's like he becomes a black hole that he's trying to escape. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we could 
Trying to think. So then we'd have to think of what what would be then the negative aspect that it would take on once it used all three. So it has a more solidified figure. Mm-hmm. It burns through its legendary resistances, clawing at its own figure until it's left as nothing but shredded tatters of smoke and things like that. Right. By losing its humanoid-ish form, what is the downside mechanically? Well, I mean, if he's... He would, I guess he would lose attack options, right? Or is that... He could. Um, we could just change the attack options. You know, he no longer... Maybe there's a special attack that he can use, mm-hmm. but when he loses all three legendary resistances, he can only use... He loses op- one of those options. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, let me make a note, okay? Yeah. You know, humanoid to vague tatter. There we go. All right. Mm-hmm. So that so we have our attack options. Our attack options are going to be multi-attack because at his level, level 19, he can have four attacks. It was really interesting. I looked at the Balor mm-hmm. again, which is CR 19. Yeah. It's a CR 19 demon, so it should have four attacks. The Balor makes two. And what's the reason for that? Because the damage on each of those attacks is increased. You don't have to give it the number of attacks but you can give it up to that. Well, then number. that should be the something like that should be the case with Wirith as well. That's what I was thinking. Because if he, can, especially if he can create minions, mm-hmm. I thought maybe just kind of give him more powerful attacks. So let me. Oh, it would be under D for demons. I I love the joke that every um it's monster page, book. It's page thirteen. It's or page sixty six. It's eleven. <laughs> um. So it, he should have four attacks. Its multi-attack is the Balor attacks with its lightning sword and its fire whip. That's two attacks. Yeah. But each of them do, like that first one does uh, 21 points of slashing damage plus 18 points of lightning damage. That is 39 points of damage, if my math is right. And how could it not be? It's been impeccable and flawless up to this point. (laughs) So, which would mean that, so I just said 39, right? Yes, you did. 39. So it, it's supposed to do about 100 points of damage per round. It does have an ability that is a limited use that affects a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that's probably been boiled down by a percentage, maybe to more closer to like 80. Yeah. So 39 is 40, which is half of 80. Yeah. So he, when he designed his Balor, he took the total damage it could do mm-hmm. and divided it amongst two attacks rather than making spreading it out to four. And that doesn't even include your barbarian makes the distance to actually hit your wizard. Well, that's the other thing is this thing yeah. doesn't have any minions because it makes the party into its minion. Yeah. Which is a really, I know that's a really dangerous thing mm-hmm. because if enough people fail the saving throw, it's game over. Game over, man. Sure. So. But I mean, that's why I wondered, is there something he can do, you know, to maybe turn that around? You know, I don't know. You fight against tough shit and stuff all the time. Absolutely. And this is a high-level monster. Right. So By the okay. time you get here, you should be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. You should have some good saving You've done throws. Some, yeah, you should be ready to take it. Yeah. Now, so if we give it its attacks, its normal attacks, it'll, it'll have a multi-attack. Maybe it makes two attacks. Mm-hmm. And it attacks, you know, maybe its corporal form has like a hammer and an axe or something like that. Or I... For... I always imagine it as knives because I make sure I picture a long surgeon's knife because I picture Jack the Ripper, but that's okay. just me. Um, so maybe a hunched figure with like knives in its hand and it makes its like shadow knife attacks. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm picturing. I it's funny because I picture some kind of almost like a club, not Lucille from The Walking Dead. I don't know what that is. So Lucille is uh, Negan has an axe. Oh, has is this the, the baseball, the baseball bat, bat with the? But I'm figuring. Bar. I'm seeing like almost like this rod or club that has like needles on it. Because I'm just picturing it as this thing that needles you. It could just be a spiked club in yeah, one hand like a cool... and a jagged dagger in the other. Right. Because they are... And maybe they could be like really primordial. Okay, so I don't know if you've read your Bible. Oh, um, yeah, I read it. I think it was last time I read Or if was... you've watched Supernatural. I think I read it when I was like eight. Didn't so Cain lately. kill Abel yeah. with a jawbone? Yes, that I do know. That is a thing. It's a big jawbone. It yeah. uses a club, right? Yeah. So maybe it's club option. It's like a giant... like. Right, because again, he's angry, he's enraged, so his weapons and implements should be somewhat infantile. Right? Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't want or at least thoughtful. rudimentary. There's right? no rapier. This guy's not right. using a rapier. Yeah. And it's and it's really just a manifestation of its shadow rage anyway. Yeah. So like a crude bone club in one hand and a jagged flint knife in the other. Mm-hmm. And then, but as all things with Estrock, nothing is written in stone. So again, the GM could make it whatever they you want. You encounter him in the city and he looks more metropolitan. And in one right. hand, he's got a more refined club. And in the other hand, he's got a surgeon's knife. Right. Because he's copying what he we sees We just around. have a bludgeoning and a slashing right. option. If he's haunting a barn, he's got a pitchfork and some kind of crazy hoe. Exactly. I, 
Hey, you can take that anyone you want. <laughs> okay, so we or have a sickle. Sorry. Yeah, or uh, yeah. yeah. So we can have uh basically we're going to have a slashing weapon and a bludgeoning weapon that the DM or GM can flavor however he wants based on the setting in which mm-hmm. this is taking place and the characters themselves. Right. So maybe it's a dark mirror of the characters, but it's going to have a bludgeoning option and a slashing option. You know, it's funny. It's a it's it's almost like we're designing it with Mike Shea in mind. <laughs> Because he just, you know, he says that all the time on the podcast, right? Lazy Dungeon, you know, Lazy DM. What does he still call it, DM? He's been saying GM. Okay, so Lazy GM. Um, you know, he has that a lot. You know, how do I make a zombie whatever? Well, just reskin a zombie this from, you know, the Monstrous Menagerie, page yeah. 222. I, I love Mike Shea and I love Sly Flourish so much, but yeah. our podcast is very much not in line with his philosophy. <laughs> yeah, it really He's is. like, why are you doing any of this? <laughs> just take a monster from the book and put yeah. a different name on it. But for those that follow it, giving a base for what we looks like but then also saying but here mix it up yep. or, you know reskin it to fit your story if you Ex- didn't if you didn't think of that on your own yeah you know okay i like that so now we have we've kind of like articulated out um it's multi-attack we'll do two di- different attacks mm-hmm. but so now it burns its legendary resistant it you know claws it uses one of its own weapons to claw it's you know yeah. maybe it's got like three burning hearts inside his chest and he uses a weapon to claw one out and then it bursts and the the weapon bursts with it yeah and then then it does it again with the second weapon and now it and with the last one it does it with its hands i don't know sure um and then it will have basically it'll move it to a different kind of attack yeah then what would we do this is going to be the thing we're going to have to keep keep brainstorming on that as we keep working through let's work through some of the other stuff and maybe it'll come to us can it do psychic blasts or something at that point well here's what it can do and right now it's labeled as a one of its i'm going to read the bonus action first okay now this bonus action i'm not tied to it being a bonus action i put it as a bonus action because again i was looking at the sea hag and the way that was kind of formatted Mm -hmm. so i have stoke the flame do you want to read that one Stoke the flame. Weirith fills the mind of all around him with enraging temptations. Each creature within 30 feet makes a DC 16 wisdom saving throw. On a failure, the creature is cursed with Weirith's rage. A cursed creature has advantage on all melee attack rolls, and all attack rolls against it also have advantage. A cursed creature also has disadvantage on concentration check. A creature who succeeds on the saving throw is immune to this ability for 24 hours. So that was so I added in some things to temper it. Mm-hmm. If you make the save, your cleric is probably going to make the save. Your right. paladin is probably going to make the save. Well, maybe not your paladin. but right, right, yeah. I also need to put in there that we should change that to a cursed creature also cannot cast spells and loses all concentration. Like, okay. Basically, the barbarian rage. Oh, okay. I don't right. want to put in there. See, and that's a design thing. I don't want to put in there, refer to the barbarian rage ability to see what you can and cannot do. Oh, sure. Do you know? Yeah. I want to do like a diet version of the barbarian rage. Yeah. So... That was my thought, was you can't cast spells, uh, you lose concentration. I like that you get advantage. Mm-hmm. You're, if you're attacking with melee attacks, you get advantage. But here was my my little um, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, you know, my side attack. Yeah. If you have that advantage and then you're directed to attack one of your friends, you have advantage on the attack against your friends. <laughs> right, exactly. You also get, and then if then when Rareth attacks you, Rareth gets advantage. Yeah. Because you're raging. So, yeah, Weirith could just take control of you and use you as a punching bag. Exactly. Yep. But I also wanted to write in there that there was the ability to, once you sh- once you get past that, it doesn't affect you anymore. Yeah. And then, like the Sea Hag, there's this basic action it has called Wrathful Whisper, which is its one-round attack. One cursed creature within 60 feet of Weirith makes a DC 16 wisdom saving throw. So it does its stroke the flame to everyone, yeah. bursts it out. Yep. Then, as it's fighting, it picks one person. The barbarian. Poor yep. barbarian's always getting picked on for this reason. Right. Picks the barbarian and he goes, and that cursed creature, he has to make a wisdom saving throw. If he makes it, he's good. Okay. If he fails, <clears throat> he takes, and I just ballparked some damage numbers based on uh, the calculator. Okay. Uh, about 60 points of psychic damage. And then if they're still up, they have to then make a target. Uh, they have to they have to use their reaction to make, and I should put it in. That's what I have to put in. I have to use their reaction to make an attack against a friend. Mm-hmm. And then Weirith heals either the full amount of the damage dealt or half the amount of the damage dealt. I wasn't sure. I put in half here. What do you think? I mean, at this level, at how 13th much are we, level yeah, plus. We're doing pretty. You're doing, doing pretty hefty okay. damage. Barbarian Rage attacks one of his allies. He can deal out 30, 40. That's what I was thinking. He's going to be doing somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 points of damage. 
Yeah. So is total it, per round, or is that just that, that would be attack? like with all their attacks? Yeah. So would that be unreasonable to give him four? That's a lot of healing. That's a ton of healing. So yeah. I should probably keep it to half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of healing. Yeah. yeah. So, but if you've made your save on this, it can't use it. Right. Just, and I thought about making the Wrathful Whisper recharge ability. Well, yeah, I'm okay with that too. I mean, yeah, it, you, yeah, because like if we make that recharge five six, right, then it can't just spam that, right? Because it's going to open with the Stoke the Flame, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then every round we should put in there that they can re-roll if they're raging. They should every roll make a Wisdom saving throw to get out of it to put like a clock on it. Yeah, because it shouldn't just last forever. Right. Again, because that's super frustrating. Yeah. As a player. So we'll add the, the the every round save and then recharge, try to get someone. But I like the fact that you can do it to, you know, if you can do it to the wizard too, you can be like, attack your friend. Yeah. Because the wizard's over there raging <laughs> and right. they just take their staff and they attack and they the barbarian. Attack the barbarian. That'd be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah. If nothing else, also this stoke the flame thing can wipe out spellcasters that might be hurting you. Totally. So it's a way of also shutting off spellcasters and melee fighters. I didn't want to do anything with frightened. I didn't see frightened as an ability that would that gels story wise with a rage monster. Sure. No, I agree with that. You're not when you're enraged. You're frightened. Of, you're not frightened. Yeah, I'm thinking he's more. Uh, he's definitely more aggression. I would think of fright as more of a passive. I also toyed with the charm condition, mm-hmm. but didn't really see it as charming either. Yeah. Actually, it was funny you should say that because as we were going through it, I was just like, I wonder if when somebody gets put into the, um, in my head, I was thinking that Wrathful Aura kicks in and you're, you're cursed by them or whatever. Could, if somebody had charm, could they charm you and reverse it? I don't know. I don't know. I was well, just, that the was other the thing, thing came I wanted in, the like, Wrathful Aura to be that, just that, just the round. Yeah. But then you, then as we kept discussing. But a lot of this creature is making you attack your friends. Yeah. And that could go, that could be catastrophic. It could be super. We could put this whole thing together and then like wipe the party out in three seconds. Mm-hmm. And then we go, okay, so that's too much. Right. Yeah. I mean, because what if your wizard turns and fireballs the bejesus out of everybody? Well, they shouldn't be able to do that. That's right, because it's a melee attack. Because it's, a, because it's an attack. The Wrathful Aura, it says that they have to use their attack action. Yeah. So the Wrathful Aura doesn't say anything about the spell casting. Okay. Nor does it give advantage or disadvantage. All right. So if the Wrathful Aura would be, they can. The wizard gets too close, or Wirith teleports next to the wizard. The wizard starts their turn, they fail. And then the I like the idea of it just appearing behind all the, the friends and whispering in his ears, him, kill him. Yeah. And then the wizard goes, yeah, that makes sense. And they fireball the paladin. Right. I like that too. I think that's great. Yeah. Unless you're the player. And then right. It would be like, very ah. frustrating to be the player. <laughs> that's the point. Right. Forget them. We don't care what they think. Until we start creating classes later. Uh, that's true. So... That gives us a couple of attacks. We got to write the, in the attacks. So they'll be doing somewhere in the realm of uh, 40 points of damage each. Yep. And then we'll have another attack that we'll have whatever it switches to when it loses this legendary resistance. Reactions. Reactions. I like the idea of the rea- maybe should we work in. So we could either give it spell casting and give it a certain number of times per day, Misty Step. Yep. Or we could say as a reaction, it can teleport. Or we could give it as a bonus action that it can teleport, and then it has well, to choose between teleporting and stoking the flame. How is it they do it with Vecna? Remember, Vecna... I don't have the Vecna stat block The new statted Vecna, he could... He teleports and does damage. Right, and that's why the, the team against him, you know, they Loses. say when putting, a, when putting a team up against him in order to avert uh, a TPK, you have a uh, total party kill. In order to, avo- in order to avoid a TPK... Um, bring uh, a particular type of monk because that monk's one ability can turn off reaction. Okay. So his teleportation must be a reaction. I feel like I... I'll put a link to the Vecna stat block yeah, in the show Yeah, because I'm pretty sure as a reaction, he can teleport over. Because I remember there were some people who complained that right. why it's Vecna. He's the wizard of wizards. He, in a lich. But he, he would be, like teleport and then stab people in the back. Or yeah, he basically like was zipping around, teleporting around the battlefield, slashing people with his cursed knives. Yeah. And, but that is written into Vecna's story going back for ages. He has right. cursed knives and so he's like cutting people up. Yeah. So he's but a lich is, who likes stabbing. Yeah, but that is an example of a reaction that can move around the field. So my thought was with maybe, impunity. Maybe we make the reaction if, if Wirith is targeted by a spell. Mm hmm. Well, because then a reaction can be done on someone else's turn. Okay. Yeah. So he's targeted by a spell 
or an attack. So no, a reaction. It has to happen to happen. So it gets hit by an attack. It can then misty step or teleport, you know? Yeah. So then the let's say that the the wizard hits it with some magic missiles. It doesn't mm-hmm. like that. Sure. So then it gets hit with the magic missiles and it says, okay, reaction, you know, shadow step. And all of a sudden it's standing behind the wizard. Yeah. And then it's doing its thing. And the wizard's like, uh, uh, um, yeah. fighter, can you please do bait and switch so that I'm then, not next to him on my turn? Right. And then that forces the fighter to come into the um, range. Into the wrath. Into of the wrath. Yeah. And then having to. Okay. So if we have our reaction then as anytime he's hit by an attack. Mm-hmm. Or once per round, he's hit by an attack. He can teleport. Yeah, thirty feet, sixty feet, mm-hmm. probably sixty feet. Yeah, we'll look at misty step. What is the misty step range? I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say thirty. Is it? So this will be better than misty step, though. It's yeah. a once god. It's a... Right. <laughs> so its reaction is going to be the teleport ability. Now, I'm worried about bonus action stoking the flame because I don't want that to be something to get spam. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't know if that should remain a bonus action or if it'd be like a a once per day action or a recharge. I don't know. I've never seen a recharge bonus action. So just kind of playing with the idea of when, how often Wirith can use Stoke the Flame. Because I'd want him to be able to use it more than once, but I also don't want him doing it every round because it's a bonus action. He could theoretically do it every round. Right. Thought. So let's see. Thematically... Um, can it is there a way to seems almost counter can it recharge after using a legendary resistance i don't know Hmm. or stoke the flame it targets one person instead of a bunch of people and then maybe he can target multiple people one a day well then we could give it a an ability that does something to everyone Mm -hmm. but if you do the stoke the flame and then you do the wrathful whisper so it's a combo yeah. So then he has to choose. He can bonus action, but then if the then he tries the next round, he'll try. He can choose to wrathful whisper that person. I don't know. We could keep it at bonus action for now and just see how it goes. You yeah, know? that's I think thirty feet. Thirty feet. So yeah, we'll double that. We want ours thing to be sixty feet. Yeah, we want to be able to basically cover the board. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking about is that something about stoke the flame and wrathful whisper might we might want to toy with the idea of giving a level of exhaustion mid battle. Oh, okay. Because don't you fall into exhaustion levels when you end a rage? Um, or not really? I, I've been reading so many books. Yeah. I don't know for sure. Okay, you probably don't. Well, exhaustion is also a thing that sometimes people do and sometimes people don't seem to do. Exhaustion is, is well, that it's is one of the areas. encumbrance, yeah. but it's in that department for people. It's the one area I will say that the one D&D playtest, I liked their change, which was just one level of exhaustion, negative one to all your ability checks. Two mm. levels of D twenty tests. D twenty tests. That's uh, right. two levels of exhaustion is a negative two to your D twenty tests. Yeah. Um, and every day you rest, it goes down by one. It just makes it easier, which ultimately makes it something more likely to be used. I don't think we've ever used exhaustion, but no. I know like if I if you guys get harried through the night and you don't get to take a long rest, you get a level of exhaustion. So right. I don't yeah. Know. I mean it, the. I mean if it, if it's simple like the one D and D, then that would probably be fine. Um, but what I sit and think about is that it seems like we're once we're done is going to be a pretty complicated battle to as a GM to run. pay attention to run, and it's just one other thing. So again, I go back to the board game, the first player token or the current player token, the piece that gets passed when it's your turn when you're playing a six player game and nobody remembers to use the thing. And I just feel like if you're because you're doing so many things in a complicated board game, and if you're doing a bunch of things in a complicated fight. I just feel like the exhaustion might be something, a thing, one more thing, and it may most likely be the thing to go to the wayside. All right. So let's hold, let's. I mean, we can write it down. Yeah, we'll hold it to the side for now because yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to. I just, in my, in, again, thinking of it from a story point of view, if I was writing a short story with this monster, mm-hmm. after someone was infected with its rage and went, went against someone, they would like slump down, like feeling sapped. Yeah. But that can also be written in as them losing hit points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, losing the hit points can be the psychic damage of going, oh, at the end of every time this thing takes yeah. over your brain. Yeah. So we've got a reaction that's going to be a, a shadow, you know, the wrathful step. How many times can I work the word wrathful into its abilities? <laughs> um, or, you know, the revenge step. Right. And that gives us actions, attack actions. It gives us a bonus action. It gives us a reaction. Now, the legendary, legendary actions. Right. So now there is sort of a model for legendary actions. Okay. Legendary actions because they can't use the same one over and over again. So I'm going to look up. I'm going to pick a dragon. Let's look at a dragon's legendary action. 
An ancient black dragon. Legendary actions. So this, these are the legendary actions of, a, of an ancient black dragon. From Paul Hughes' Monstrous Menagerie. Yeah. So, a dragon can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action can be used at a time, and only at the end of another creature's turn. It regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. There is usually... Okay, so darkness. The dragon creates a 40-foot radius sphere of magical darkness, originating from a point it can see within 120 feet. Dark vision can't penetrate this darkness. The darkness lasts for one minute or until the dragon uses its action again. So that's a battlefield control. Yep. So one legendary action is to create a, a battlefield hindrance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roar. Each creature of the dragon's choice within 120 feet that can hear it makes a DC 19 charisma saving throw. On a failure, it is frightened for one minute. A creature re- uh, repeats the saving throw at the end of its turn, ending the effect on a success. When it succeeds on the saving throw or the effect ends, it is immune for the roar for the 24 hours. There's something to keep everyone away. Yep. So there's control the environment, uh, minor control the, the enemies, and then there's wing attack. The dragon beats its wings. Each creature within 15 feet makes a DC 22 dexterity saving throw. On a failure, it is pushed 10 feet away and knocked prone. The dragon can then fly up to half its speed. A movement. Mm -hmm. A disengage movement thing. Yeah. So a lot of legendary actions are things like makes a claw attack. So let's find another one here. Legendary actions. Legendary actions. Which another? Mummies have a legendary action. I'm pretty sure a mummy lord does. No, it doesn't. I'm a liar. Well, heck. No, you weren't a liar. You were... Um, mistaken. You were mistaken. And we as a society think that that's worse than being a liar. Mm. <laughs> so we choose to say I lied instead of say we were wrong. Well, let's see here. That's a little very armchair fly. Here's the lich. Yep. Its legendary actions are cast a spell. All right. Um, it casts a cantrip or a first level spell. It can use two legendary actions to cast a second level spell or three legendary actions to cast a third level spell. It's a spellcaster. That makes sense. Yeah. So it can, that's its damage. Mm-hmm. It can paralyzing touch. It costs two actions. The lich uses paralyzing touch. Paralyzing touch is a lich's action. It's its bread and butter action. So it's one of its legendary actions is it can make an attack. So there should be something to move, something to control the battlefield, and something to damage your enemies. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. We want something that can move, something that can damage, and something that can control the battle. All right. With, that, with those three ideas in mind, yep. control the battlefield. It's hard because as you were reading the dragons, I was just converting them into things, thematically things that would fit for Weir. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. so move is easy. Uh, move would be, it can uh, move up to half its movement. Yeah. Um, so there'll be something like that. It moves up to half its movement. Can we give it... So you remember when you fought the at the Battle of Candlekeep in mm-hmm. our campaign, you fought that big thing, and it had the ability where it deconstructed down into a whole pile of tongues and then moved across the battlefield yep. and then reconstituted itself, yep. knocking anyone out in the process? That was one of its legendary actions I wrote for it. Oh, okay. So I wrote in that it... Because that's like the dragon. It can flap its wings, knock people down, and then f- move. Okay. So that was sort of what I was thinking. So this could do something, push people away. But again, Weirith likes to get close to people. Mm-hmm. Weirith doesn't like to get away from people. So maybe its legendary action is tendrils that grab people and pull them closer. I don't know. Maybe there's your tendrils. Yeah, there's my tendrils. Yeah. You know, it manifests shadowy tendrils that can pull people closer and it can move up to half its speed and pull people closer to it. Yeah. Okay. Or something like that. So we'll have a uh, half move plus pull. I want, like, story-wise, it seems like we're really leaning into, no, this thing gets, likes to be up close to you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't try to escape. It's too It's too angry. Because if you kill it, it's going to just reconstitute itself anyway. Yeah. So that's a movement. What about a battlefield um, terrain control? Normally, I would be like, it enrages four commoners and they attack the PCs. Right. Uh, but that may not always be. There might not always be commoners around. And you shouldn't be able to do a legendary action that adds more enemies to the board anyway. Right. So I do like could... the idea if you were a higher level on fighting Wirith, you'd have to fight your way through several possessed, enraged people. Um, right, because then you have to decide, are you knocking them out? Exactly. These are all people who have fallen under his control. Thrall. Thrall. Um... So battlefield control, like darkness, uh, something that makes it harder for people to move, something that... I, I like the idea of him triggering because he does you know because he's representing anger and um and murder was part of his thing yeah, i like yeah. i like that he can ins- 
he can activate a paralyzing guilt. Oh. You know what I mean? Like he can get them part of it because of all these things. He has these feelings. He can trigger in them these feelings and all of a sudden they feel like they've done this terrible, like they've just the, slaughtered this thing. Well, I mean, paralyzed. if you think about it, yeah. I would show me a level 13 or higher character mm-hmm. that has not murdered a lot of people in a yeah, D&D game. exactly. And they're not buried. Suddenly for a minute, their walls drop and they can't bury it and they're overwhelmed with it. The, 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 old ghost, the old ghost writer in the 90s, the penance stare, you're feeling... Oh, the guilt of all that terror, and now you're paralyzed, and, you and it's not move. even that it's trying to make you feel guilty. Yeah, it's trying to say like, look at the awesome stuff you've done, right? But the but it overwhelms you with guilt. Yeah, it, like this and, feeling of yeah, like the penance there is what I'm thinking. Oh, of. so maybe he causes basically. Oh, he surround. He does something that basically manifests the ghosts of murdered right. victims. Right, pulls them right out of your head, and like, it, look- they become difficult terrain that have to be moved yeah. through. Because you literally have to walk through all the people you've killed, and it's psychically hard. Yeah. Okay, I love this. Yep. So we're going to call that the ghost terrain mm-hmm. of victims. Ooh, this is fun. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, you're here all week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tip your waitress. <laughs> Tip your beer tender. Beer tender, that's right. <laughs> Tip your beer tender. Yeah. That'd be you. And then lastly... But not leastly, basic damage. We could just have it do a basic attack. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fun. It's just hard to think for a god, a godlike creature to go, hey, that's a basic attack. Like, it's always got to be cool and special in my mind. Well, all of, we're, I'm calling it a basic attack, but when we script it out, it'll be flavored. Cool. It'll, it'll cool. be flavored. So, right. you know, cool, it cool. makes a shadow knife or a shadow club attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's just a, that's, and we could just start that as a starting point. If we want to make that something cooler, we can. But that way, on its turn, it can do two of those, or it can do the whisper, the wrath whispering stuff. Or on its legendary action, it can then add another one in. If it's like, no, I just really need to take the barbarian down. It's right. stab, stab, legendary action, hit him again, legendary action, and you. But you can only do that once. Yeah. So now, if you're fighting three people, you're doing three legendary actions right in a row. Three enemies, which means three legendary reactions. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And then the difficult terrain, of course ends when did the black dragon when did its darkness go away let's see here ancient black dragon pardon my page flipping darkness the dragon creates a 40 foot radius sphere of magical darkness origin from point it can see the darkness lasts for one minute that's a long time that's a long time that's That's 10 rounds yeah 10 rounds of combat i mean the that's oh what cr rating is a is the ancient black dragon 22 I mean, I are you that. lasting 10 rounds I, at I, that I, point? I don't know that. Uh, 23. Are you lasting 10 rounds? I was just, I was, I've been reading time. the Black Dragon stat block a lot yeah. lately for no particular reason. <laughs> so it's Friday, right? It's uh, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. That's right. Saturday morning. You guys aren't going to fight an ancient Black Dragon. Don't worry. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> that's fine. Honestly, if I were to throw an ancient Black Dragon against you, it would be more to challenge myself because I am not a strategic dungeon master. I try to be. I read strategy guides. I read The Monsters Know What They Are Doing, um, which is a great blog, which if you don't know it, The Monsters Know What They Are Doing, it's a fantastic blog. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. The Monsters Know. Keith Amon. Um, Where's the button for it? Oh, is there, oh, you, you, I just thought you, of something. Ready? Just, okay, ready? Ready? Yeah. So this random one is completely encounter. In the last five minutes of the show. <laughs> completely random solution. Okay, all right. Um, and I just want to say it, and because we can still outro fine. We'll be fine. Because we oh, have yeah. to cut a little. How fun is that D&D clip? The D and D movie clips, like we so should just fun. mention how fun that is. Yeah, again, <clears throat> we're not in the camp of boycotting the movie. Yeah. And if you did see the clip that they ran of of them we'll, casting, we'll, we could link to it probably. Yeah, right? I'll, yeah, I'll put a link to it, it if I can find it on YouTube. Of them casting um, "Told the Dead," right? Yeah, it's it's not "Told the Dead." It's, it's yeah. "Speak with Dead." Speak with Dead, and they can ask five questions. And I, you know, they're in the the random encounter part of it is. Certainly people disagree, but I really honestly think that's what playing D&D is like, whether people, I don't know, that's that's how I would prefer to play it. It's just that goofing up and... Absolutely. <laughs> the, this, is why, this is why most D&D groups are usually a band of misfits. Yeah. They are, it's, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's, there's the reason people say, keep saying, it seems like it's more like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's not, right. because that's what most D&D parties end up as. And that's what Guardians of the Galaxy is. Yeah. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is a D&D party. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I, it doesn't bother me, but that, yeah. They all but met at a bar practice. Yes. Yes. So yes. we'll, we'll share the clip, but it, it's very cleverly written. They're allowed <laughs> to ask them five questions and they, ask them maybe one 
Yeah, they get one question <laughs> but out. But they ask five questions around him because they're dolts and they're not being careful. Um, it's <laughs> Which is brilliant. funny, too, because he's got a wizard. Yeah. And he seems like he's supposed to be a wizard. I don't know if he's a wizard or a sorcerer. Yeah, he seems wizardy to me. Yeah. I thought. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we've got a, we've got a plan. We've got a plan yeah. for Wirith. Yeah. That means in our next episode, we can reveal the full stat block. Yep. We will have the full flavor text. We'll do a PDF of Wirith. Mm-hmm. Um, we can write out strategy, yeah, a strategy so we'll guide, guide then. and then like some like the knowledge rolls on what you would know to know about him, mm-hmm. and put that out as a PDF on the website. Yeah. Um. So if you want to at that point, download it, play with it, tell us what you think. Maybe tell us it's you know doesn't work, or you're like you look right at it and you're like I've been doing this for thirty years and this is terrible. Here's why. Well, actually, in that case, please let me know. Maybe don't tell us because maybe we need to blow it first i know right because our plan is we are going to we want to run this with some friends and see how it goes yeah and we want to record that play test and right exactly so So that'll be some of our that'll be interesting because our episode will be live play yeah which um so couple so we are definitely um we're pretty much out of time for today we are out of time for today we have a couple of little announcements we should probably add on to our normal i think one um, we are now on iHeartRadio. Yeah, which we did not realize we are the podcast was not available on iHeart iHeartRadio. So if you have friends, family, or whomever that maybe listens on iHeartRadio, and you're like you should, and they're saying, oh, we can't find that podcast, that podcast with those two witty guys, uh, they can now. Yeah. Um, so we've rectified that, and I I think probably for the whole night shift. I don't know if it was for a whole night shift, but I will double check that. But um, I, just to let I think once it gets round, our friends you can know, definitely yeah. pick up on more of them. Um. I will be adding on. I will now be reachable on Twitter. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. going to now I'm be go reachable on Twitter. Twitter. And, I'll put, and we now have a Mastodon, which and, we have to work out. <laughs> we I did set up just today a Mastodon yep. for Fourth Pillar of Play, and I made um, I made one. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. It's, it's a, not, a, not, not, it's a, not a tweet. It's, it's, a, not, it's, it's a blog. It's, it's a, blog. a blog. It's a post. You can call it a post, but when you don't retweet it, when you not retweet it, it's reblogging. I also, well, it's also called boosting. Yeah. There's, oh, yeah. There is boosting. I mean, it's great for the... T- anyway. <laughs> um so anyway that's all the time we do have for today after those yes. couple of notes yeah um and for any information or to pursue peruse our latest drafts or our creations uh visit our website at the fourth pillar of play.com all spelled out you know where you can also again follow us on twitter or instagram and now mastodon and now mastodon um so uh thanks again and we look forward to creating with you see you tail bye-bye